the other stuff in here that's really, really solid for people to think about is that discipline and willpower, which are two things that we could also do a whole show on. Discipline and willpower to endure suffering and discomfort over a long period of time is the only way to create a good habit. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here. It's a day. We're both coming at you after a long week, but man, it's hard to miss this. This is a habit, Ron. It's hard to miss getting together and chatting every week. Yeah, it's important. And it's a whole lot of fun for us. Yeah. I just came off two weeks of visitors, family visitors, which was fantastic. And just had my leadership boardroom retreat here at the house. And one of my people came by boat, which was cool. Yeah, I was trying to understand what happened there. I'm like, Wait, someone's on a boat showing up at your dock. That's pretty wild. Yeah, well, he's local, so Ah. he can drive his boat over. So he did. And then we went out on the boat a little bit after as well. So it was a lot of fun and a lot of growth. The cool thing is I have in that group a bunch of real estate people, obviously, because I'm in the real estate world. But I also have a CPA, an attorney, and a chiropractor. And business folks, it doesn't make any difference. It just doesn't. Yeah. All businesses have the same problems. You just do. That's so interesting. I think a lot of us too, and what we're going to talk about today, like habits are habits, right? Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you do for a profession, Mm -hmm. or if you're retired or whatever, the habits are super important no matter what. They really are. So this comes from a post from a friend of mine. His name is Tom Kroll. And if you guys don't know Tom, you should go follow him on whatever social media you use. He posts amazing content. He's a great guy. And this one caught my attention because this is something that I really firm believer in. Some of the things that he posted are so starkly true, Mm -hmm. but I don't think very many people actually think about them. And so rather than recreate the wheel here, I figured I would just tell you this came from Tom (laughs) in his words and it's good stuff. It's really, really good stuff. And it's about habits, like Heather said, but I think we misinterpret or misconstrue how to form them, how long it takes to form them, what they really are, and a whole host of things with respect to habits. And I think we've been told several things that are just frankly not true. Like you can make a habit in three weeks or whatever. I don't even remember how many days it is, but it's some short amount of time. Yeah. And I just completely disagree with that. Yeah, I agree. I disagree also. I was about to say, I agree. I'm like, well, I disagree also. You agree with my disagree. (laughs) I agree with your disagreeing. Um, I think one part that I really like that I think we should start with is he says, your habits are what you do regularly, good or bad. They are what you're known for. They are how your friends and family describe you. Although he shares it toward the end, I think that's a really good way to start of like, this is the framework of habits. And I agree, Ron, that like the three week thing, I'll tell a a short story that I love habits. I love routine. Going on vacation, I look forward to coming home to routine. (laughs) I look forward to structure in especially my family and my kids schedule. And I found these awesome reusable dry erase sticky notes last year, I put them on the mirror in my kid's bathroom and I write every day what they're supposed to do to get ready for school or to get ready to go anywhere, right? Your basic like, hey, you pick up your room, you make your bed, you brush your teeth, you say your prayers. This is what is on there. Anyway, there's like five or six and oh, deodorant. Yeah, (laughs) they're old enough now. (laughs) Nothing worse than kid sweat. No. So they just take their finger and they wipe it right when they're done with that activity. So we had, I did that every day 
easily for a month. And when I miss doing it, my kids would do it. My little six-year-old would get a little dry erase marker and write everybody's daily routine. I think they liked it. It helped them know what to do. Well, when I stopped and I'm like, okay, we've created a habit, I told myself. We've created this habit. They're not going to forget to brush their teeth before school because we've done it consistently for probably two months. Nope. I just got them back out last week, ironically, and put them back up on the mirror, probably a four-month break. And I'm like, all right, we're going to do this again. Pretty amazing how quickly you fall off the wagon. Yes. Yes. I think it's cool. The thing that he uses in here as an example is so true. And you said it. He said, actions are not habits until they're more difficult to not do than to do. That is the truth. So, if you think about it, and for some of you out there listening, I'm sorry that we're bringing this particular one up because if this one is not a habit, I'm not only sorry for you, but I'm sorry for the people around you in your world, okay? Because they have to smell your breath. So, (laughs) he says, think about brushing your teeth. If you go on a trip and you forget your toothbrush, you figure out a way to get a toothbrush Mm because it's a habit and your mouth feels gross. If it's not a habit, you're probably used to the fact that you have sweaters on your teeth and whatever, and it's okay. But for people who brush their teeth all the time... It's a problem. That's a problem. You forget the toothbrush, problem. Like, I'll go out. It's funny because as soon as I read that in the post, I was like, yeah, actually... I have forgotten my toothbrush and I'll be at it like midnight trying to find a 24-hour Walgreens or CVS so that I can get a toothbrush if the hotel doesn't have one. And I'll even take that crappy one from the hotel. They give you this stupid crappy one that doesn't really do a good job. And I have even used like my finger and towel from like something has to clean the teeth. That's genius actually. (laughs) <laughs> you like can't go to bed. And I've been on trips with you where you've forgotten your toothbrush. I remember mm-hmm. this actually. Not cool. Yeah. We need a packing list for you. But <laughs> They have a packing I list. Have- it just straight doesn't work. So, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I read that definition, there are very few things in my life that fit into a habit that is more painful to do than not to do. By that definition, I mean, my workout, if I miss my workout, I feel off all day long. All day. I feel weird. My hunger is different. All of that. So everything feels off. My blood sugar feels off. Everything. And I would say my kids, we have our bedtime routine and they'll say to me, Hey mom, we haven't done our family scripture study and we haven't said family prayer together. I can't go to bed. I've had that happen before. Like this is impossible. I can't go to sleep. That's awesome. Well, I mean, workout is one for me too. And all of my friends know that I'm going to work out. I work out when I travel. Yeah. The only time I don't work out is when I go on vacation. I actually use the vacation as an extended rest period for my body and it is painful. Like I have to consciously not go work out and it kind of messes with me a little bit for a couple of days until I get into island time and then I'm all right. Yeah. (laughs) But if I'm traveling for work, I'm working out still. And yeah, it really does hurt not to do it. I don't like it at all. The other piece of this he says that I think people also really mess up is I hear people all the time like, well, this is going to be really bad if you don't do it. Well, that doesn't seem to matter to anybody. Yeah, that's true. He says long-term positive or negative consequences of actions are not a predictor of a person's chances of creating a habit. And that is so true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, people are going to get fit and they're going to get unfit right? Just if you are looking at it as I better do this or else, you know, that's not a great motivator. Well, I mean, it it can motivate you for a little while, but it doesn't create a habit. Yeah. It takes a long, long time of doing the same thing for it to become a habit. Not 30 days. It's not like 75 hard and then we're, everything's going to magically, we're just going to live that way all of our lives. It's, It's not the way it works. 
Yeah. I liked the last part of that statement. He says, consistently fit people are authentically enthusiastic about physical activity and or healthy foods. True. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes. It's true. Because I am authentically excited about working out and being physically fit. And I am also enthusiastically excited about really good food. Now, I should state that the really good food I'm talking about is probably not the healthiest food, but I love it. Yeah, I think the food I see you enthusiastically excited about are things like a really good steak or like slab of meat in some form. Yes, it's it, not like it's deep fried Twinkies or something. <laughs> no, but I do eat French fries and they are fried. <laughs> True. You do love your French fries. Listen, I do eat. I love food and I like healthy food and I like unhealthy food. And he's right. If I were authentically enthusiastic about eating healthy all the time, it would become a habit. The reason it hasn't become a habit, because I did this when I did my bodybuilding competition, I ate clean, like ridiculously clean for an entire year. And if you recall, Heather, I had no sugar, none. I ate only fruit I had that had sugar in it was watermelon. And it's because it's almost all water. Like I couldn't even eat. I opted to not eat really sugary fruit in addition. But that didn't last. The reason it didn't last is because I was not enthusiastic about that. I was doing it for a certain thing. Once the thing was over, it was over. It didn't become a habit and I did it for a year. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a short-term motivator, not doesn't create a habit. That is very true. It still felt better to eat the food I wanted than to eat crazy healthy like I was eating. It did. So, there was no habit there. It felt really, really good after the show to eat whatever the hell I wanted. What was the first thing you craved? Actually, fruit. Oh, really? I ate a lot of fruit backstage. Interesting. I tried to eat hot tamales, which are one of my favorite candies. Yeah. And they tasted so nasty. Like, the sugar tasted so fake. How disappointing. It was really disappointing. Fruit was amazing. Like actual, the fruit that I didn't get to eat all year yeah, was so sweet. We don't have sugar for a year. I mean, like a peach, man, that's just like, wow, that is so sweet. <laughs> well, I don't eat a lot of sugar. And last night I made lemonade. We, I keep coughing. I went up the canyon last night. We had a campfire and I can tell it's just bugging my throat this morning. I was put in charge of making lemonade. I made homemade lemonade. I didn't do fresh squeezed lemons. I used lemon juice, but still, and I made it the way I like it. And everybody, all the family up there, my husband's family was there. They were like, this is like water. I already know this. You gave them lemon essence water and you told them it was <laughs> lemonade. You lied to the whole group, Heather. That's what happened. For those of you who don't know, Heather doesn't understand because she eats healthy all the time and it is a habit. She literally doesn't understand what good stuff is. So, she thought no. she was giving good stuff and she straight I up lied to everybody. <laughs> I, I ate glass after glass of it. I was like, this is so This good. is so yummy. No, it's lemon essence water with no sugar in it and not enough lemon either. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. <laughs> everybody was very let down when they grabbed the <laughs> oh, glass. so great. <laughs> I've been there, people. Hey family, Heather's family. I feel your pain. I give her children candy anytime I see them because they also don't know what good stuff is. Yes. They've been given lots of good stuff, unfortunately. So, I think the other stuff in here that's really, really solid for people to think about is that discipline and willpower, which are two things that we could also do a whole show on. Discipline and willpower to endure suffering and discomfort over a long period of time is the only way to create a good habit. But when I first read that, I was like, not really. I mean, how much suffering and discomfort was it to brush my teeth 
But then I remember as a kid, <laughs> I could either do that or I could play a little longer. And he's 100% right. I had to stop mm-hmm. playing and I had to go in and do the thing I didn't want to do and I had to do it. And if I'm being honest, I didn't really do it that well growing up. Mm-hmm. But somehow I have some amazing gene pool that made it so that I didn't have cavities. Because the, the dentist would be like, hey, are you going to brush and flush your teeth? I'm like, nah, I never get cavities. So, <laughs> I probably won't. I've already w- know how to work this system. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true. The bad habits are easy to form because they feel great in that moment, right? They feel horrible later. But in that moment, they feel really good. And good habits are harder because they feel horrible in the instant and feel great later. Like having to brush your teeth and stop playing, right? I mean... I'm going to say this. For those of you who are not of a mind to appreciate it, you can just fast forward. But this is exactly God's plan versus the enemy's plan. It just is. If you just take a minute and think about it, you can say, Ron, why are you bringing this? I wasn't going to, but it just hit me. Heather said that and I'm like, it's 100% true. All of the stuff that feels good in the moment, long-term sucks. I mean, just think about it. Drugs are, they are a fake high. What happens is that it, it makes you addicted. So, you lose your freedom, but it felt good in the moment. It was really good. And then long-term, it sucks. And it's kind of like my food, right? Eventually, at some point here, I will pay the price for eating some of the stuff that I eat. And I know that, which is why, of course, long-term positive or negative consequences have no bearing on habits. But if you think about all the good stuff we choose to do, when I choose in the morning to wake up and do something spiritual and read for just to make myself better and exercise, when I do those three things, those three habitual things, my life is better long-term. But in the moment, I might want to go get on my boat. I might want to go do something else, right? But those things are better for me. It's that several podcasts ago, we talked about good, better, best. It's what's the best thing. And can we do that on a consistent basis, even though it might not give us the same pleasure today, but long-term, it's going to provide joy, right? It's going to provide lasting pleasure. That's the difference, people. Yeah. And it's the same in business, Heather. The joy versus fun. Since this is actually not a religious podcast, but a business podcast, it's the same in business. It's the exact same thing. I can take the money out of the company today and I can spend it on whatever I want or I can reinvest it, which sucks today because I don't get the thing I want today. But long-term, it's way better. Yeah. Having a long-term vision of what goes back to, and we talk about vision a lot on here, but having a vision as to what you're doing and why you're doing it, because you can make those good long-term decisions and not the instant gratification decisions. If you understand why you're doing it, core values and having a core purpose. I've been talking about our core purpose with people a lot lately. Through service, we build people. And we talked about it, I think just last week or the week before here on the podcast, but just understanding your core purpose, it makes it so much easier to make those big decisions, the long last. And create habits. And I know that we've talked about this last point, which is so important. We've talked about this on the podcast. I don't even know how many times we've talked about this on the podcast. Your habits, your life, everything you do is influenced by the people with whom you spend the most time. Period. Hard stop. There is no doubt and no question about it. If you hang out with pigs, you're going to get dirty. And there's no way around it. I can't do it like Eddie. He said it in this Texas accent that just makes it so much better. But if you roll around with pigs, you're going to get dirty. It's just a fact. So, who you hang out with affects the habits. It affects everything. But if you're trying to create good habits and you hang out with people who have bad habits, 
you will have bad habits, period. Yeah. And I think, man, I love the concept of leveling up people that you spend time with, right? Like encourage them to level up and have the good habits. People in your life, your family, you're not getting rid of your family. So (laughs) have them level up with you with creating some good habits. I think Heather's point's good. There are people in my life who have bad habits that I don't want. I don't hang out with them as much as I hang out with the other people in my life, but I don't stop hanging out with them. They get a smaller percentage of my time. And then there's the negative people. I literally can't stand being around negative people. They're like a battery suck. I can't do it. I just can't. And if I were around them, I would become negative. That's what happens. That's why I can't watch the news. It's all negative. If I watch the news, I become negative, cynical, and I don't want to be that way. I don't want to live my life that way. So, I used to have a habit where every day I came home and I turned on the news and I watched the news for two hours or sometimes three hours while I was doing other stuff. Every day I would do that. And it was a habit because if I didn't get it, I would like seek it. It was like my toothbrush. I would go figure out how to find it wherever I was. And I would get irritated if I didn't have it. Well, I broke that habit, which I guess is the last thing on here. Some people can quit a bad habit cold turkey. I can. And some people can't. And nobody knows why, I guess, how we're geared. But I can like flip that TV off just to make a decision. I'm not going to do that anymore and done. I'm not doing it anymore. Some people can't do that. And especially if it is something that's actually addictive. So, mm-hmm. true, man, they're so important. They direct our entire lives. Creating good ones, eliminating bad ones, really, really important. I guess the overall thing here is it takes way longer to do either one of those things. If you're stopping a bad habit, you're probably replacing it with a good one. Typically, those take a long time. So, just because you fall off the wagon day 31 doesn't mean you can't climb back up on there and keep creating the habit. One slip doesn't mean a habit is broken. That's not what that means. You just got to keep chugging. Discipline and willpower to endure suffering and discomfort over a long period of time. That's what it takes. Yeah, long period of time. And having creating some good ones, I'm going to take this conversation into my life this week and choose a habit I want to create, a good habit I want to create. All right, everybody. You got it. Marching orders from Heather. Till next time, everybody, get out there and make this happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.